Whenever I sit down with a bride and a groom for their premarital counseling, I tell them I have two rules for weddings here at All Saints. One, we will not be singing the wind beneath my wings or the rose in the wedding. And two, we will be doing this wedding, the one that's in the Book of Common Prayer. As we like to say to brides and grooms, a wedding is a church service where a wedding happens to take place. The liturgy only gives them limited choices that they have to make, which is a, a good thing, I think. By the time they get here, they've had to make so many choices already, and by the time they're standing in the front of the church with the priest, I think it comes as a great relief that we get to take over for them. And take over we do. At All Saints, we have a wedding guild. I like to call them the Green Berets of Matrimony. (laughs) And boy, do they take care of things. Boy, do they get things ready. Boy, do they make sure everyone's prepared and make sure that everyone knows what they're doing. I never have to worry about anything. None of us have to worry about anything we get when we get here. If there ever is a problem, they've already taken care of it. They think of the problems that might happen ahead of time and take care of them before they happen. Our wedding feast today in Jesus' parable obviously did not have All Saints Wedding Guild helping run it. And you know, to one of Jesus' hearers today, there's a lot about this parable that would not have made sense. A lot of things that would have uh, thrown off a little alarm in their heads. In the Mediterranean world, in the first place, it would have been unthinkable for there to be an incomplete wedding party. For them to ever uh, leave without everyone in the procession. Only half of the the processional uh, bridesmaids are there because they were not prepared. They did not bring with them their flask of oil. And so they have to run off and get more and they're not present for the procession. There was a a read recently about a wedding that I would have enjoyed attending, I think. I don't think I would have officiated it quite like this, but I would would have enjoyed being a part of it. Uh, One of our sisters in the Church of England, the Reverend Kate Botley, she's known in England as the dancing vicar. Google that. There's a wonderful video. Because of a wedding that she officiated once, um, Kate does a lot of weddings because she lives in a very charming part of England up in Nottinghamshire, and she's the the vicar of three parishes up there. And Kate says that for her wedding, she likes to allow for personalization. Don't get any ideas. Especially not this one. Because in this wedding, this couple, Gary and Tracy, when she asked them something that they'd always wanted to do, just sort of as a conversation starter, they said, well, we've always wanted to be in a flash mob. And so... At their wedding, they had a choreographed flash mob where people just started dancing on cue and together. Uh, They finished the vows and the service, and she gave the blessing, and then the music started, and Kate danced, and then the bride and groom joined her, and then the wedding party joined her, and then people in the congregation joined them. And it was glorious. It's beautiful, but it was not without controversy. The bride and groom uh, emailed her on their honeymoon and said, we want to put a video of this up on YouTube. The answer is no, by the way, if someone asks you if they could put a video of you up on YouTube. 
because it got millions of views. It, it went, it got so big that it even made it on BBC and ITC and Sky News in England, and it even made it on Al Jazeera. And some people loved it. Some people hated it. Kate got uh, mail from people who were very uh, happy with what she did and some who were extremely upset. Some people even sent letters to her bishop and some to the Archbishop of Canterbury himself about her. But Kate wasn't just doing this to be cute. No, Kate, Kate talked later about uh, how she was trying to make this wedding uh, more welcoming and trying to prepare a wedding that would welcome this young couple to God's church. She later said, it was about saying yes. It was about saying it was not my church, not the bishop's church, not Gary and Tracy's church. It is the church of Jesus Christ where we are all guests at a party. And then she later says, and that is our job, isn't it? to welcome people to the party. And it has never, ever been our party. It is someone else's party. And so our job as Christians is to say, yes, yes, of course you can come in. You can come to the party. Kind of the opposite of the I don't know you that the five bridesmaids get today after making their late night lamp oil run. If we read this as a neat and tidy parable, it's simple, isn't it? Get right, get prepared or else. Be prepared for the appearance of the groom of Jesus by being a good Christian, by being righteous, whatever that means, or you will be left out of God's kingdom. Case closed. Jesus is coming, so look busy and be prepared. But I think that kind, of, that kind of preparation leaves much to be desired, leaves us anxious about the future, doesn't help us to find God's peace. I don't think it does much for our salvation either. Many of us who grew up hearing this kind of be prepared or else message from our church walk around with a lot of anxious questions, don't we? Thoughts like, am I truly saved? Am I really ready? Am I truly repentant? And of course, the big question, am I in or am I out? One does feel an urgency with an exclusionary gospel. We are afraid a little bit of God and of Jesus saying to us someday, I do not know you. And the big problem is that in spite of our best efforts, we will never know if we have done enough or if we will ever do enough. And really, given how much God has done for us, how could we ever? I don't want that kind of salvation. I don't want to go to that feast. And you know, would Jesus be at that feast anyway? Behind the closed, locked doors? Stuffing his face in the warm lamplight provided by the wise maidens? No, my Jesus would be out in the alley dancing with the foolish girls. Dancing to the muted sounds of wedding music sneaking around the cracks of the locked doors. But let's not discount these wise maidens. I mean, give them credit for knowing that the groom 
was habitually late for things. Give them credit for being committed enough to think ahead and to think about being truly present at the wedding by bringing what they needed and by having lights in hand. And we sometimes are wise. Sometimes we are prepared. Sometimes we are not. Sometimes things happen to us that knock us flat that we could never have predicted, never have been prepared for. But see, grace comes, like the dancing vicar told us, because it is God's party. It is already happening to us. Our preparedness, then, is not about stockpiling in anticipation of what is to come. But our preparedness is, is about being ready for the party that is already happening. See, when we are prepared and we are aware of the party that is already happening, we are more ready to invite in and include the unprepared. So we are called then not to prepare for a feast to come, but for a feast that is happening right now. We are invited not just to be a part of a church, but to live a life with God together in this place, alongside Jesus in this place, to invite in the world to our feast, to live a life of mission, to live a life of commitment to doing the important work of the gospel alongside one another. To this we are invited, and to this we are urged. No, we are commanded to invite everyone else. So we do not hear today that Jesus is coming, look busy, but Jesus is here already, so get busy. The call to preparation is not so we can sneak past the doorman of the party, but because we're already in it. We are right now in a life with God. We're doing the important work of the gospel in this community. And we are invited by God to do glorious work by taking our gifts, by, by making commitments, by taking our time, our money, our resources, our financial capital, our social capital, all the things that we have to offer this world and to offer it in the name of Jesus Christ and to offer it to God, who is, after all, the bride and the groom. We are called to light our lamps and we are called to foolishly spread their light to all the darkest corners. Amen.